You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I wonder when Jesus says all is welcome, is all welcome. See, let's take a look this morning in our Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See, Jesus uses the word here, if anyone. So I wonder if when he says, if anyone, what does he mean by that? You know what, you have to have a grade 12 education before you can follow Christ because he's looking for educated people. Or is it, you know what, you don't need an education. He, he wants people without an education because when, if we're educated, then he says to have childlike faith so it gets too complicated for those type of people. Or, or, or what about a, a certain income that you have to make a, a certain income to be able to fit in into the kingdom of God? See, I think when Jesus says anyone is welcome, he means anyone is welcome. But over the years, we've gotten to the point, even when we, when we hear that all is welcome, we think, yeah, okay, right, what's the catch? See, with Jesus, there is no catch. There is no small print. There's no hidden fees. It's all laid out in that verse, and it's open to anyone. And when Jesus said anyone, the crowds would have looked at his disciples and known what he meant by it. You see, back in the Jewish customs, Every single boy, when they were born, they would start to prepare themselves, and they would have to learn the, uh, the, uh, the Torah. And the Torah was the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And they had to have that memorized. So they would study as little kids, and they would study, and they would study, and they would study. And at the end of the age, of, of when they turned to, I think it was age seven, if I remember right, they turned to age seven. And if they didn't have those books memorized, or they weren't the best of the best, then the rabbis would say to them, you know what? Becoming a rabbi isn't for you. Go home and learn your parents' business. So they would go home and they would become fishermen. They would become carpenters. They would start to study underneath of their fathers. But if they had it memorized, if they were at the top of the class and they would go on where they would learn from the books of the prophets, they would continue to learn where they would have to have memorized from Genesis all the way to, to the last book of the uh, Old Testament, which is, which is Malachi, the Italian prophet. It's Malachi. And they would have to have that memorized. And then they would reevaluate. And, and if, they, if they didn't do a great job on that, if they didn't pass that test, the, the rabbi would say, you know what, you've done well. Good for you. You know the scripture, but you need to go home. And you need to study your father's business. You need to learn the family trait. But the best of the best of the best would start to go and apply for a position of a rabbi. And what they would do is they'd find a rabbi who was well-known. They'd find a rabbi who they wanted to be able to study under, who they wanted to become the next rabbi. And the rabbi would ask them all kinds of questions. And you know what the rabbi was thinking? Is this kid good enough to be able to carry my yoke? Is this kid good enough to be able to spread the seed of my message? Is this kid able to be able to step in that place where he can truly follow me? 
And the rabbi would interview this kid, this, this best of the best kid. And if he wasn't good enough, the rabbi would say, you know what, you did well, you did really good, you know the scriptures, you, you're, you're doing well, but you can't carry my yoke. So go home and learn your father's business. But if this kid was the best of the best of the best, if this kid had something special, then he would say, son, come and follow me. And with that, the kid would leave absolutely everything, and he would become a Talmud. He would walk as a disciple of the rabbi. The rabbi would be respected and admired. The rabbi was something that everybody wanted to be. Everybody knew the process of what it meant to become a, a rabbi. But then Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus was a rabbi, and he totally changes the system. He totally changes the structure. See, when Jesus walks by, he goes up to some fishermen. And he says, put down your nets and come and follow me. These guys were not good enough. These guys were told, they were already doing the fisherman thing. They were told, you know what, you're not, you're not going to make the cut. You need to go home and learn the father's business. They started to learn that whole area of fishing. And Jesus says, you guys, come and follow me. And they dropped their nets. People are like, wow, they just left everything. Well, of course they did. Everybody knew to become a rabbi, that was, the, that was the ticket, that was something special. So they left everything to be able to follow Jesus. But then Jesus, all of a sudden, he starts getting other guys. He starts getting a, a, a tax collector. Everybody hated the tax collector. You know, you put that in the modern day here in Cold Lake, you know, I, I rub shoulders. How many military guys have I got in here? You know, I rub shoulders with some of these military guys, and, you know, I kind of hear a, a, a thing over and over and over again with military. You know what? I don't mind the job that I'm doing, but I would never want to be an MP because everybody hates the MPs. You know, they kind of hang out to themselves, and nobody likes them because they're meatheads, you know? So it, it would be like Jesus walking up to an MP and saying, you've got something special. Come and follow me. And everyone's like, Jesus, do you, do you realize who he is? He's military police. He's going to give you a ticket for no reason. Are you sure you want him? And Jesus is like, I want everybody. I want anyone is welcome to be able to come and follow me because I love them. I've got a little movie clip here to show you that kind of highlights what I'm talking about. So when word gets out that a new rabbi is picking out followers at random, 
people start to wonder, what's up? That's not how we do things. That's not normal. That's not our culture. That's not how it's ever been done. They must have just shook their heads and thought, these are your Talmud? These are your students? Look at them. They're nobodies. They're not the best of the best. They're fishermen. They're tax collectors. They're absolutely no one. But then Jesus goes on to make the invitation, and when people hear that anyone can come and learn from this incredible rabbi, I'm sure they started to think and entertain the idea. People who had given up that dream of learning from a rabbi long ago were now wondering if they were welcome in this new rabbi's group. And slowly but surely, people started to come and want to follow this rabbi, Jesus. They realized when he said anyone that he meant anyone. When Jesus says that anyone was welcome, the crowds began to understand that meant that everyone was welcome. And it's true, anyone means everyone. So if anyone means everyone, what does that mean for us as a body of Christ? See, although we say it, I wonder if we really buy into the church, into the the philosophy that this church here, Coley Community Church, is for everyone. For I believe that each church is unique. Each church has its different style, its different regulations. You know, one of my, uh, Cindy and I got married and and we wanted to be able to, to take a trip as a husband and wife. And Effie and Hayward had been to Hawaii many times, and they shared how amazing Hawaii was. And I was all stoked, and we looked at booking a tip, uh, tickets to Hawaii, and we went off to Hawaii. And now, I don't know if you've been to Hawaii before, but I had this picture of my mind. I didn't do a lot of traveling. Uh, uh, I didn't do a lot of traveling with my family into tropical places. I did a lot of mission stru- stuff over in Europe. But I was kind of thinking in that whole realm of Fantasy Island. You know, I was kind of thinking the lush green, the waterfalls. You know, when you get out off the plane, Tattoo says, boss, the plane, the plane. You know, this, this, this whole kind of realm. And I said to Cindy, from what I learned uh, from Fantasy Island, I'm like, I can't wait till I get off the plane. Because we paid extra money to have what they call a lay greeting. And a lay greeting is a girl shows up with a grass skirt, and she puts the lay around your neck of flowers, and she gives you a nice little kiss and says, welcome to Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have my wife on my arm, and this little lady's going to come up, and she's going to put the flower on me, and she's going to give me a kiss and say, welcome to Hawaii. Just watch this. This is going to be awesome. Watch her reaction. I just can't wait to see this. So we get off the plane, and I'm looking for the girl with the coconuts and the grass skirt. And this guy walks up, and he says, hey, here's your lay. Welcome to Hawaii. And he shakes my hand. I'm like, are you serious? I paid extra for that? So then when we're going there, like, I, I just had a heart. I was just kind of like, you know what? I want to go to church. I don't want to take a vacation from the Lord. I want to I go to church and, and be able to see church. But, of course, you don't bring any clothes with you to go, be able to go to church. So I called up Hayward, and I said, Hayward, listen, um, I was thinking about going to church on Sunday, but I've never been to Hawaii like I don't know what you what you need and he says Lance Hawaii what is their number one saying I'm like uh have a pineapple he goes no it's hang loose (laughs) so it is such a loosey-goosey culture man like he goes have you picked up uh have you picked up a Hawaiian shirt yet no buy a Hawaiian shirt wear your shorts and he says when you go there I've been to church many times when you go there they they start off the service they say how many guests do we have with us today would you stand to your feet and people stand on their feet and they go and they put a lay of shells around your neck he goes it's awesome and then they have the worship time you'll love it I'm like okay so I went out and bought myself a Hawaiian shirt it was completely yellow with purple flowers all over it (laughs) 
And I had my shorts, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm set for church. So I picked up the phone book, and I looked for Assemblies of God. They're kind of like our sister thing in the, in the States. And I, I called up Assemblies of God. I'm like, hi, my name is Lance. I'm a pastor from, uh, from Alberta, and we're visiting Hawaii. And I'm just wanting to know what is the closest church to my hotel. He says, well, where's your hotel? So I gave him the hotel. He says, brother. He says, we're the closest church. I'm like, that's awesome. I said, what bus do I need to get on to be able to get to your service? He says, brother. He says, don't worry about it. We'll come and pick you up. You're a pastor. We honor pastors. I'm like, awesome. So he goes, will you meet me down in the, the lobby? I'll come in and I'll pick you up in the lobby. I said, sounds great. So I go down to the lobby. Now remember, I was a youth pastor. We just had finished YC. I dyed my hair blonde, like bleach white. I'm wearing a yellow shirt with purple flowers and I got shorts on. And I'm waiting for this, this, this guy to come and pick me up. And all of a sudden, this guy walks in with a three-piece suit. And I'm like, nah. And he walks up, and he says, uh, he's looking around. And I said, uh, are you from the church? He says, are you the pastor? I said, yeah. He says, come on. And he walks like that. And he walks out of the van. I'm like, okay, this is not, there's something wrong, not right here. So I follow him out of the van, and I'm feeling so uncomfortable. And we get in the van, we're driving. I said to him, I said, you know what, man, I, I've never been to Hawaii before. I said, I, I, I talked to Hayward, Hayward Eastman, here's his phone number and postal code. <laughs> and, and Hayward told me that this is what I need to wear. You know, it's hang loose, right, brother? And he says, my pastor believes that you need to dress for the Lord and you are not dressed for God. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, the Lord's going to get me. So we drive to the church and the, 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 the guy drops us off. And we sit down in a seat. They escort us to a seat. And the guy walks up. He talks to this pastor. He's an older guy. He's got some tattoos on his arm. I'm like, oh, he doesn't look too bad. And he walks up and I see him saying, and he's pointing at us. And the pastor looks. He goes, ugh. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long service. Lord, why did I go to church on holidays? I should have just hung out on the beach. So, so all of a sudden, the, 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 the service starts. And the pastor gets up. And he says, you know what? I just got to stop the service right here. He says, I just want you to know I am disgusted right now. And I'm thinking, no, Lord, please, no, no, no. He says, we had a prayer meeting on Tuesday. I'm thinking, okay, good, it's got nothing to do with me. He said, we had a prayer meeting on Tuesday, and we had three people show up to this prayer meeting. Where was everybody else? He says, I'll tell you where you were. You're at home watching the idiot box. That's what you're doing. He says, God is mad at each one of you because you care more about the idiot box than you care about the Lord. And you need to repent. And everybody got up. And they all went and started to repent. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is going on right now? And then they went back and they all sat down. He started his message again. And he goes, you know what? I just can't let it go. The Lord is still so angry with you because your hearts are wrong and you care more about the idiot box than the Lord. And three times during the service, people got up, went up the front and repented. I'm just like, I am in Kansas. <laughs> in Coley Community Church, what is our ideas? What is our structure? Who needs to walk in that back door before we go like, oh, this is not for you? Or they feel so uncomfortable because they don't fit in the box that we have drawn out. Truly, we're all in process. And I'm pretty sure that nobody has yet arrived. But we don't like change, do we? But when the Lord says anyone we may get the privilege of walking through life with people who are completely different from us. 
I laughed at a tweet from Matthew Barnett about a couple months back here. And I don't know if you know who Matthew Barnett is, but he, uh, he is the pastor of the LA Dream Center in LA. And it's a, it's, a, it's a church that is based for street people. And as he was writing this, this thing, he said, we had a fantastic outreach service on Friday night. He said the place was packed out. People came from all over the place to, for our open air service. He says, during the service, there were six guys who stood right beside the stage smoking marijuana while I was preaching. All six of them got saved, and I got the munchies. And, and, <laughs> and as I read that, I'm kind of like, that's out of my box. That is not what, what, what I expected to be able to see here. But yet the truth of the matter is, is God was glorified. No qualifications means no excuses. See, I saw this little picture on Google, and I, I don't know who this kid is. I didn't do any research on him. But he's a hero, man. And I wonder if we have so many excuses of why we can't get in close with God. See, when Jesus invites anyone to follow him, he doesn't just break down the barriers that keep people from learning more about God, but he also gets rid of all the excuses that different people hide behind. So you know that tradesman uh, that, that has no excuse not to follow a rabbi. The dropout student couldn't complain about the past anymore, and the mother of four couldn't say that she never got a chance to learn from Jesus. So what's your excuse? See, we're living in a world of busyness. You know, I, I find it so funny. You talk to almost anybody, and you say, how are you? They won't say good anymore. It's I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy, 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 busy. But our relationship with Christ is so important. It's open for us no matter how busy we are. It's open for us no matter what has happened in our life. You've been putting in extra hours in the office. Jesus wants to have your relationship with you. Is it because you've been really focusing on your marriage lately? Is it because the kids need a lot of time or they're involved in so many uh, curricular, extracurricular activities? Is it because times have been tough and you just needed to get yourself a second job? Yet there's others who say it's because they've got a dark past and they're not proud of it. So the baggage from the addiction or the divorce or the bankruptcy has been your excuse for a long time. It's easy to hide behind those kind of excuses because who's going to argue with someone who's been through tragedy or someone who's been emotionally scarred? But Jesus gets rid of all the excuses when he invites anyone In fact, the Bible says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 19. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Psalms 101, 12. 103, 12, excuse me. Anyone is welcome to have a relationship with Jesus. Anyone. You know what? I've had a shady past. I've had things in my life that I'm definitely not proud of. And the the enemy still whispers into my life from time and time saying, you know what, remember this? Remember that? Remember when you did? You think Jesus can really love you? Because you know the truth, but yet you've been walking in, in sin knowingly. So you're hooped. When those kind of things happen, We need to stand in that place where we stop listening to the lie and say, you know what? Those scriptures that pastor read, I am forgiven. 
and I've been bought with a price. That old person has passed away and is no longer. For I have been bought with a price and I am a new creation. And those things that I did do not define my future because Jesus Christ took lashes for me. Jesus Christ died on a cross for me. And I can come in and be a pastor of a flock because of the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ. That is our relationship with God. But the enemy wants you to think that you're null and void. The enemy wants you to think that, you know what, there's no hope for you, so you might as well just play the game of, yeah, I'm a Christian and I go to church on Sunday, but that's it. It's got to be about our relationship with the Lord, where we're walking with him, where we invite him into our household, where everything that we do is all about, Jesus, I am yours, and you are mine. So if anyone is welcome, and if anybody means everybody, then what about the person who has sexual past? Do they count? Let's say anybody. What about an ex-con? Okay, great. Three people are catching it. What about an ex-con? What about an inmate? What about somebody who's recently divorced? Oh, what about a legalist? What about a current alcoholic? What about a pothead? What about an an addict? Oh, what about a hypocrite? Anybody. Now we need to be ready for what can happen for when we embrace the invitation to anybody because if if anybody can come to a church, then you know what? Things are going to get messy. All of a sudden, the church gets filled with a lot of unchurched people. And if we really accept anybody into our church to follow Christ, we're going to force, be forced to deal with some unwritten codes. We're going to be forced to get out of our comfort zones and rub shoulders with people of different backgrounds, different races, and different social circles. People who have different music collections, different recreational act- uh, activities. People whose wardrobes confuse us. People who totally annoy us. People who have more metal in their face than we do on our ring. People who are hard to tolerate and harder to love. But you see, followers of Jesus are willing to break down the walls, trash the unwritten codes, and welcome anybody into the family of God right alongside Jesus. We had Neil Campbell here this past week for the blessing seminar. And he said to me, he says, you know what, Lance, do you know Eva Nickel? I said, yeah, I know Eva. Eva was a, a missionary to the Northwest Territories for many, many years. She's an older lady. I don't know. She's got to be in her 65, 70 mark. And she never married until recently, like maybe five years ago she got married. And as she got married, um, uh, she just got this, this little guy, and, and the two of them make just such a cute couple. And Neil went over to their house, and, and as they were over the house, the guy, like, he, I know he's an evangelist, but that's all I really knew about him. But as they were looking, she, she saw a tattoo up his forearm, and it looked like a jailhouse tattoo. And, and, and she kind of thought that this Neil's wife, Annette, kind of thought, like, that, that looks like a jailhouse tattoo. Like, I know he's a, an evangelist, but what's that? So she asked him, she says, you know, I don't mean to intrude, but you're in jail? And he says, you know what? Let me share my testimony with you. He says, I was a bank robber. In fact, I robbed 35 banks in the Saskatchewan area. And as I robbed banks to get away, I would set the bank on fire when we left to cover our tracks. And often the building spread and it burnt down. Sometimes half of a town would burn down because of what these guys did. 
And on the 35th bank robbery, the police officer caught them. And when they went before the judge, the judge said, uh, you know what, I'm going to put you in jail for as long as I possibly can because of the crimes that he committed. And he says, and the judge said, you will never, ever see your son again. So he did his time in jail. And when he got out of jail, he had a stash of money that criminals quite often when they do bank robberies and stuff, they hide money out in the wilderness somewhere that when they get out, they've got a stash to be able to go to. So he went to get his stash. And he went to Esteban, Saskatchewan, where he hid this stash. And he found the landmarks. He started pacing it out to find his stash. And when he paced it out, he ran right into a Sobeys parking lot. And he's like, oh, Safeway parking lot. And he realized that my stash is gone. Wherever I've hid it, they've dug it up and they found it. He's like, now what am I going to do? So he ran into a guy. And this guy started to tell him about a man named Jesus. And he had a card in his pocket. He says, you know what? If you want to know who Jesus is, I just, I just encourage you to read this prayer. So this guy looked at this prayer and he read the prayer and he became a follower of Christ. And see, what happened is the police officer that put him in jail so many years ago, he was they, were, they were following him because they knew that he was going to uh, commit another crime. They knew that he was going to rob another bank. But then it never, ever happened. And then the police officer, as he's following him, he noticed changes in his life until finally he walked up to him and said, okay, man, what's different about you? What happened to you? And the guy says, you know what? I met this guy named Jesus. And he goes, and if you want to know Jesus, you've got to just read this card and then you can know Jesus too. And the cop goes, I don't think so. So then, sure enough, later on, the police officer uh, got, ha had some kind of disease, and he was on his deathbed, and the nurse said to him, he says, you know what, is there anybody you want us to call, a priest, a pastor, anybody like that? He says, you know what, I want you to call this guy. He says, because he's got a card on him that I need to read this card, and I want you to be able to find him. And the nurse is like, well, I'll do my best. So he, she looked in the phone book, and she couldn't find his name. So she went back to the guy, she's like, he's like, she's like I looked, but I couldn't find him. So she says, did he tell you anything else? And he says, yeah, he said something about the gospel. He said something about the gospel. She's like, so she's like, okay, so she goes to the phone book and looks up gospel. And when she does it, she sees a, a, a church in there called Gospel Chapel. And they, she calls up Gospel Chapel and says, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm in the hospital with this guy here, and he's looking for so-and-so. Do, you know, do you know who this is? And the, and, the, and the person on the phone says, yes, I do. They're actually an evangelist, and there's, they're on the road right now, and they're anywhere from here to, to, to Texas. I don't know where they are. And he says, oh, well, we got this guy who's dying who wants to meet this guy because he's got a card that he has to read, something about the gospel. He says, well, I can't, she, he goes, I can't find the guy, but let me go and meet with this, this, this police officer. So this pastor goes over, meets with this police officer. He says, you know what, do you know anything about this card? He goes, yeah, I know, I, I know about the card. And he, he, he shared, not what was on the card, but he shared uh, the guy in a salvation prayer. And as that happened, the, the, the police officer said, that is exactly what was on this card. And he accepted Christ as a personal savior. And he says, now, I don't think I'm going to be able to see this, this ex-con. He goes, I don't think I'm going to be able to see him again. But tell him, I found Jesus. When we are willing to walk with somebody who is undesirable, somebody who is outside of our box, somebody who breaks our code, you never know what the Lord is going to do. Some of you are probably thinking that right now. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. We can't just let anybody into the church. We can't just let people show up and invite them into God's family and tolerate everything that they do. It's not biblical. You're absolutely right. It's not biblical. I'm not saying that we tolerate or we condone anything sinful. 
when a person wants to become a Christian, it's right to make sure that they understand who the Lord is and what the Bible says about things. But when Jesus makes the invitation, he says anyone. So some of the people who respond to the invitation will have a past that we don't approve of. Some of them will have been involved in a lifestyle that you're embarrassed to even hear about. Fans don't know how to handle new people like that. They prefer not to know. Fans prefer things to be shallow and comfortable, but followers are willing to listen. They're willing to hear stories of brokenness and sin and still welcome those people with open arms. So the next point is crucial in making sure that we, all, that we help all of us, both brand new Christians and people who've been serving the Lord for a full time, move into a completely committed relationship with Jesus. It's anyone, but it's also everything. When Jesus makes this invitation, he welcomes everyone who could come after him, but he also makes it clear, when you choose to follow him, you're giving up everything. So it's anyone, but it's everything. See, when a Talmud was finally accepted in the rabbi school, they would leave their homes, their jobs, whatever was holding them back, and they would go and follow the rabbi. Literally, they would follow the rabbi absolutely wherever he went. They would give everything to him. And Jesus is no different. You know what? If Jarl here is my Talmud and he's following the rabbi, wherever the rabbi would go, the Talmud would follow. He would learn the ways of the rabbi. He would put away his old life and he would serve the rabbi however it was. But see, the rabbi sometimes hung out with sinners. See, the rabbi would hang out. He, Jesus hung out with Talmud. <laughs> Jesus hung out with Mary Magdalene. She was a known prostitute. Jesus hung out with Zacchaeus. He was a notorious tax collector. People were like, what are you doing hanging out with these guys? It just doesn't make sense. And Jesus, as the rabbi, he, was even, he even had a greater uh, uh, opportunity than most other rabbis because he didn't have a home. So every single one of the Talmuds had to live without a house. They had to choose a lifestyle that would uh, exemplify who the rabbi was. My friends... This is a representation of Jesus Christ. That when we are in the body of Christ, we are willing to say, Jesus, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Lord Jesus, whatever it is on heaven, may it so be on earth. Whatever it is in my life, Lord Jesus, help me to be able to follow you with everything, God. Lord Jesus, the, the, the things that I have in my life that, that are my rights, the things that I'm choosing to do right now that I know doesn't glorify you, God. Lord, help me to release that, Lord, and let it go. Because, God, I trust you wholeheartedly. That, God, you have me. You have my family. And, Lord Jesus, I'm following you at whatever the cost. My friends... If we catch this as a body of Christ, Cold Lake doesn't have a chance. This world doesn't have... Jesus changed the world with 12 guys. Imagine 400. 400 people who just sat in that place and said, Lord, 
I don't want to live for myself anymore, God. Lord, I don't want to come to church with the whole sense of what can I get from a church. But God, I want to give you everything because God, it's going to cost me. And Lord Jesus, whatever that means for me personally, God, help me to yield my will to your will. Because not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May this message challenge us to be able to fall fall on our face before the Lord and say, God, if there's anything in there, Lord, your word still says that anybody is welcome, and that includes me, Lord. A fake, a sinner, someone who's called myself a Christian for years, but Lord, I know the lifestyle that I've been living. And Lord, I want to give that to you, God, and I want to be a Talmud of Jesus Christ. I want to walk with the authority of heaven, and I want to stand in that place that you're calling me to, because God, I know the plans that you have for me, the plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. And God, I say yes, Lord, whatever you call, I am willing to give it up. Again, last week, we talked about the rich young ruler and how so many people feel sorry for the guy because he had a lot, and Jesus said, sell it all, give it to the poor and come and follow me. Jesus has always been about the heart condition. And he walked away sad because he couldn't do it. He had stuff. But yet Jesus had everything. He had the opportunity to be able to intern, walk on water, to be able to stand in that place that Jesus was calling him. And he turned it down. My friends, let's learn from that. We're not perfect, man. I still make mistakes today. I still do selfish things but I'm a work in progress where it's like, Lord, every day, Lord, help me to be more and more like Jesus. My selfishness, Lord Jesus, help it to fall away so I can do what I see the Father doing. I think sometimes we think that, you know what, that means that I have to do everything and I have to meet every need. No, 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 we need to do what we see Jesus doing because he'll have stuff for us to do. But there's other times that it's not our, it's not what the Lord has shown us. Like, you take a look at, at Jesus when he walked to the, the uh, pool of Bethesda. He helps that one guy who couldn't walk in the pool. He heals him. I wonder how many other people didn't make it into the pool. Because that pool was, it healed one person, the first person who was at the pool. There was a lot of other sick people there. But Jesus heals one. Why? Because that's what he saw the Father doing. And when we do what we see the Father doing, we're going to walk in that place that he is calling us to walk as not fans of the Lord, but completely sold-out followers of Christ. Let's stand together as as a family as we worship the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. And if you'd like some prayer, I'm going to have Effie and Hayward and myself up the front, and I'm just going to also ask my Talmud and his wife to be able to pray for people today. Be able to speak blessings over people as you just walk in that place and say, God, I want what you want for my life. God bless. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.